Views and opinions expressed on this program are those solely of its speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of WMUA, its management board, or the board of trustees of the University of Massachusetts. Go to amazing! Deep three for the win! He banks it in! That was incredible! The three, it's good! And the foul! Welcome to UMass Women's Basketball on WMUA Sports and UMassAthletics.com. I'm Cam Seibert alongside Ryan Beaton. We're here at the John Francis Kennedy Champion Center alongside assistant coach for the Minute Woman, Mike LaFar. For listeners out there, you're probably used to listening to Coach Verdi these mornings. However, he's out doing some recruiting, so we get the privilege of getting to know uh, the assistant coach here a little better this morning. So, Coach, how are you doing? Great. How are you guys doing today? Thanks for having good. me on. We're pretty good. Uh, so, first question uh, this is your first year here at UMass. It's been a little bit of a roller coaster ride for the team. Um, how's the transition been with this group and how do you see them ending the season on a high note? Yeah, the transition's been great. You know, I've always uh, known UMass's program from the outside looking in. I know there's so much potential here, um, so I was excited to be here. And, you know, as for the season, it's funny you mentioned that it, it's been a roller coaster. We really do and have talked to the team about trying to make it not be a roller coaster. You know, don't have those emotional ups and downs, try and stay as even keel as possible. And I think we've done a really nice job with that at practice. Our practices have been really good and really consistent. Um, And and lately, we've struggled a little bit when it's come to game time. You know, whether it's uh, poor first half, great second half, or poor first quarter, great second quarter. So I think we're seeing a little bit bit of that. But we're we're certainly talking about it and trying to fight it because we would just want to stay even keel and as consistent as possible throughout throughout each game, throughout each quarter, throughout, throughout the entire season. You talked a little bit about working on things in practice. We know you have defensive coaching responsibilities with this team. Um, are you satisfied with the way the defense is performing this year? If anything, are there some things you'd want to work on or change with the defense this year? On the whole, really satisfied, honestly. You know, we've transitioned. I know in the past two years, um, they've been an all-zone team. You know, I think they played 95, 99%, 2-3 zone, 3-2 zone. And this year, we've been a lot more man-to-man defense. And, you know, that's been a transition, but the girls have done a great job um, kind of accepting that and, and, and playing well through it. You know, we do mix up our man and zone defense a little bit, but I, I couldn't be more pleased with how they've transitioned. And I think that's who we'll be in the future. So I think learning the principles this year and, and continuing to move forward um, – in that type of defensive team so over your career you've been at plenty of programs uh you started with or 10 seasons at bu as an assistant coach and then most recently at northeastern you guys played at the beginning of the season um considering you've coached at so many programs what would you say has been the main difference coaching here with this program for you well i think what jumps out for me right away and what jumped out on the interview is this is the support even you know this building alone and you know the budgetary support the fact we play in an arena i mean this is my first go around at a place that has this type of support even how we travel um you know coming from university of pennsylvania bu northeastern you know just everything was at a smaller scale um doesn't mean the program wasn't as successful um but but i just think the support and and there's so much of a higher ceiling here 
and I think that's what attracted me to, to taking this job as well as, you know, getting to know the coaching staff through the interview process. But I think the ceiling here is really, really high, and obviously the A-10 is, is a great conference and historically been very, very good on the women's side. I guess sticking with that, uh, BU Northeastern, you went to BC, mm-hmm. spent a lot of time in the city. What's your biggest, or what's the biggest change moving out here to Western Mass? Any likes, dislikes, pros, cons? Um, certainly like it. My wife and I, um, it was a little bit of a, a cult, I guess a, more of a culture shock at, at first, but we have a two-year-old son, so we were probably moving outside of Boston anyway because we had lived in the city um, for all my time that I've coached, and she walked to work, and I was only two miles from work. <laughs> um, but I think we've enjoyed it, and we live in right in uptown, so we're able to walk and get coffee in the morning or walk to grab dinner. So it's been a transition that way and moving away from friends, but we're a little closer to her family because she's from Albany. And, you know, we still get out, get out um, of our house quite a bit and are able to walk around, and it's, it's been really nice. Yeah, Amherst Center, definitely a little different than uh, <laughs> yeah. downtown Boston. Um, so could you talk a little bit maybe about your relationship with Coach Verdi and maybe what you saw or what urged you maybe to come to this program, what he said to you maybe to get you to come here? Yeah, you know, honestly, I did not have a relationship with him or anyone on the staff before he reached out. Um, and before the interview, we, when he was out at Eastern Michigan, um, I was coaching at BU. We played out there um, probably like 2011 or 12. Um, that would be my own, only interaction. Um, but again, I just thought he had a really good vision for the program. You know, I believed in what they're building. And again, for me personally, I think being at a place where there is such a higher ceiling, um, that, that's what attracted me initially. And I really got a great feel for Candace uh, Finley and Candace Walker, Hillary Spears. Um, they were great during the interview, Brandon Jackson. I felt like it was a really nice environment and a place we could build. Uh, maybe since you've been here, how's your relationship kind of evolved? And I mean, I know I see him on the sideline a lot, getting pretty intense, and at times maybe you have to pull the reins back a little bit. What do you? How do you see your relationship in that way? Uh, I think it's great. Um, you know, all of our conversations in the office. You know, I know you mentioned that I oversee the defensive side of things, but I do think he does a great job, myself and the other two assistants. You know, we really are able to have a hand and a voice in everything we do. You know, we'll sit around the table and and bounce ideas off each other, whether it's offense, defense, recruiting. He certainly listens. Um, You know, he wants input. He values input. And I think that was, that's really, you know, that's what we talked about in the interview process. And then that has been the truth, which is really nice going through this season. Sticking with the defense, with a team that's, um, I guess smaller than average. Do you find any problems with having to, you know, draw up uh, plays? We know this is a pretty gritty defensive team, though. They do a good job even for a small team. Uh, I think there, you know, every roster has, you know, there are things you're going to do well, and there are things that are going to be challenges for you. And I think you just have to kind of stay within a defense. You're going to have your defensive principles, and then just kind of fit the scheme to your personnel. You know, and it's it's not unlike if, if you have a really big team, you're going to try and defend ball screens a different way than if you have a small team. You know, we're able to switch a lot of screening actions and ball screen stuff just because we, we play four guards a majority of the time. So I think every roster is going to have challenges in that regard, but strength as well. And I, no, we, I haven't. The fact that we are we play four guards and we're on the smaller side of things, I don't think has really affected us. Um, we see you all the time getting right in the huddle, speaking to the girls during timeouts. It uh, seems like you're very involved, especially like we talked about the defensive schemes. Uh, we know you've taken over as associate head coach before in other programs, but would you like to see yourself sort of headlining a team of your own at some point down the road? Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's definitely the goal. You know, it's been the goal for a long time. And 
um, my first boss who I worked for for 11 years, one year at University of Penn and then 10 years at BU. I mean, she gave me a lot of responsibility and treated me like an equal from the start, even though it was my first and second, third season in coaching. So I feel like I've been, you know, I've been around head coaching type decisions and had input in those things and have learned how to lead a huddle and run a practice and run a shoot around. You know, I feel like I learned that at an early age and, and have been and have been fortunate to continue those experiences. Um, but yes, no doubt um, that's a goal, you know, and, and hopefully that happens uh, pretty soon. That's about all we had for the first half. We want to thank you, Coach Mike Leffler, for coming on. Uh, for the second half, me and Ryan will be giving some takes about the team. Uh, please stay with us, and we'll be right back for the second half. All right. Thanks, Cam. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, thanks, Thank you coach. so much, Coach. This is UMass Athletic. Interested in joining WMUA, the student-run college radio station at UMass Amherst? Whether you're interested in pursuing a career in broadcast journalism, you have a passion for music, or you're just looking for a space on campus to call your own, WMUA is the place for you. From music and news to sports and public affairs programming, students of all majors and interests are encouraged to contact us today. To find out how to get involved, email us at production at WMUA.org and tell us what you're all about. Before you know it, it'll be your voice broadcasting here on 91.1 WMUA, the radio voice of UMass Amherst. Hey Pioneer Valley, are you looking to get involved in the local music scene or just looking to catch a hot gig? Then look no further. We are SALT, Students for Alternative Music at UMass Amherst. We book shows in and around the UMass campus featuring local and touring acts two or three times a month. To find out more about upcoming events or to get involved, check out our Facebook page, Students for Alternative Music. GTC, gardening the community means high quality fruit and veggies at a discount, and we support youth development right here in the Springfield, Mass area. Gardeningthecommunity.org. Increíble. The American Red Cross urgently needs blood and platelet donations and asks donors to schedule an appointment to give now. Every two seconds, someone in the United States needs blood. Your blood donation is critical and can help save lives. Please, schedule an appointment today. Download the Blood Donor app, visit redcrossblood.org, or call 1-800-RED-CROSS today. You can make a difference. Welcome back to UMass Women's Basketball. They're playing basketball. We love that basketball. They're playing basketball. Welcome back to the UMass Women's Basketball Show. It's Friday morning and we're here at the JFK Basketball Center here again. I'm your host, Cam Seibert, alongside Ryan Beaton. Ryan, <clears throat> taking a look at this A-10 standings right now. UMass in that last game was tied for eighth place, a three-way tie. They end up losing that game, falling a little bit. What do you see in these standings right now as UMass falls towards the bottom of the pack? Yeah, Cam, it's tough. And I mean, you know, you never want to lose another game. UMass currently now sitting at 10th. They do have the tiebreaker over St. Bonaventure, which, you know, is good. But the unfortunate thing is they really don't have the tiebreaker with a lot of the middle-of-the-pack teams. 
uh, i.e. George Washington, George Mason, St. Joe's. They all lost to those teams, uh, teams that they only play once a season. Uh, so they're not going to have the tiebreaker over them. They're going to have a problem rising up in the standings, potentially. Um, obviously, the goal is to host a game series, a home game series, uh, for the first round of the playoffs. If they can win that first round, they'll be on to Pittsburgh. As we know, the next three rounds will take place in the Palumbo Center at the University of Duquesne. Um, but sort of transitioning a little bit more into A-10 stats, we know how dominant Jessica George is. Um, she shoots the three ball really well. She's still second in the A-10. What have you seen from her this week in particular? Yeah, this this last game, she uh, she definitely had a little bit of struggles. Foul, she got in some foul trouble early on and caused her to have to be on the bench in the first half a little bit. Um, two games back against Davidson, we definitely saw her doing what she does best where she came in and gave some gave the UMass Minute Women some scoring bursts, shooting the three ball. She knocked down a few in the corner back-to-back that got them going a little bit in that one, unfortunately a little too late. Um, and then, yeah, like we said, in this most recent George Washington game, struggled a little bit uh, getting in some foul trouble, and then it, scoring production came from some other players. We saw Destiny Philoxy end up with 24 points in that one. But again, it was just the first half struggles that were over, almost unsurmountable for the minute woman in the second half. They had some strong third quarters like we're used to seeing as of late, but the second half push just wasn't enough after only scoring 14 points in the first half uh, against Davidson and then I believe 12 points in the first half against George Washington. So just some tough starts for the minute woman shooting the ball against George Washington too. They went 0 of 19 yeah. to start shooting the three ball. So that's definitely something that's going to be tough to win a basketball game, especially when George Washington was shooting it the way they were. We saw Kelsey Mahoney, uh, a guard for them, just right. knocking down everything she was looking at. She right. was in such a great shooter stance. So, I mean, I don't know what you saw in those games. Maybe you could... Yeah, I mean, definitely. I thought Jess kind of struggled to get out early in, in the last game, but she's usually always sort of that it factor for them in the sense that, you know, if the team's struggling, she's right there with a three with a three ball to get the team right back in it. Uh, she's still shooting 37% from behind the arc. Uh, that'll put her, I, I believe, second in the A-10. Um, you know, after a couple tough games, UMass has dropped to second place, from second place to fourth place in field goal percentage, and from first place to second place in three-point percentage. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, they've gotten, they've definitely struggled a little bit with the shooting. They're still one of the premier shooting teams in the A-10. They've dipped a little bit. Um, you know, that game against St. Joe's, they shot 21%. Uh, from three, they shot even worse against GW, 9%. Um, I guess I'll ask you, what do you think has to change if they want to keep this team uh, shooting? Technically, right now, they're shooting 32% on average from behind the arc. What do they have to do to sort of start meeting that number? You know, it's funny. I think it's it doesn't sound like what you'd usually hear in that kind of question, but to shoot the three ball well, I think they need to make layups and get easier shots inside the paint more. Early on in the game, I think they need to get themselves going offensively and just see a little more of an offensive burst at the start of the game. I think also pushing the ball in transition, we see a lot of guards on the court a little bit. And George Washington definitely did a good job of getting back and using their height in the paint to make sure that UMass wasn't getting any easy baskets at the rim. But at the same time for UMass, a lot of, we saw them getting into sets a lot. And in the first half, it wasn't necessarily working for whatever reason. They didn't come out with enough energy, but maybe pushing the uh, the break a little bit and trying to get some easy transition baskets would be a key for them early on to start the offensive production. So that, And then maybe that opens up the three-point line for uh, some players. When you're driving and kicking and players are expecting you to go to the rim, they might sag off their, their defender a little bit. 
on the arc. So maybe something like that could get them going early on. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Driving kick has to be the way to go. It seems like a lot of the times they're, you know, they'll set up set up an offense, slow it down a little bit, but they have the speed, they have the quickness. They're they're a small team. Uh, they're like I said, they're fast. They can get. They should push it in transition. Definitely look for open lanes, find layups. We know that's what Bree Hampton Bay, Destiny Philoxy, Asia McCoy are so good at doing, finding these lanes and taking them, going for the layup, converting two points, and then even if not, like you said, kick it out. That'll open up the three-point line. So then, you know, three-point shots are a little less contested. You know, players are getting better looks because, again, they're still second in the A-10 in three-point uh, three percentage from behind the arc. They have it. It's just a matter of, you know, putting it into usage in a game situation. Um, and, you know, half of it's been sort of the first half drama against, you know, Davidson. They put up 14 points in the first half. Against GW, they put up 12. Both those games, they saw quarters where they only scored four and five points. Um, I guess I'll ask you what do you what do you ha what do they have to do to get the energy flowing earlier in the game? Well, it's interesting in that quarter in that second quarter against George Washington where they score four points. I mean, I'm pretty sure that two of those four points came on a Bree Hampton Bay steal and uh, yeah. take it back the other way for an easy layup. So I think a little more of that. I mean, we saw last year Bree Hampton Bay at the top of the A10 in steals for a long time. I think uh, maybe some more pesky defense and maybe even some man-to-man -man defense where some of these guards who are so hard-nosed on defense can get in their player's grill and try to get some steals. We saw Bree anticipate a few passes in that game, ended up for steals and layups on the other end. So, I mean, we know she's so fast and so athletic and so strong, especially on the defensive end. It would be great to see her maybe step that up a little more and try to force the uh, the errors on, on their opponents. Yeah, we say that all the time. We think Bree Hampton Bay could potentially be, if not one of the better two-way players in the A-10. Uh, she does a great job of not only, you know, like we said, driving to the hoop, but she also defends really, really well, especially for, you know, a player of her of her height. And we, you know, if you're just joining us, we, the first half of the show, we talked to uh, Coach Leffler, and, you know, he was saying how he, he runs the defensive schemes for this team and how really he's not too worried about height or, you know, any anything of that nature when it comes to crafting up schemes. He's more so catering to the team with what he's got and then building off of that. He's got a small team. He's done a great job of working off of that. Um, and it's a gritty team. It's a team that's willing to get their hands in, you know, get their hands in faces, get their hands in passing lanes. And Bree Hampton Bay is just sort of the perfect leader of that defensive unit that's able to, you know, sort of maybe spark a steal, like you said, and maybe go back the other way for a quick two. Yeah, and I think it's it's also something to note, too, in this last game. It's it's kind of what Coach Verdi's been preaching to us all season. We say it's a cliche, but it's just consistency, and it's more the the need for a team effort. I mean, both, the team came out a little slow in this George Washington game, and that was obviously apparent. But, I mean, you see Vashney Perry only getting uh, two points in this game. Hennessy Rivera, who usually is a strong burst off the bench, didn't get any points. Uh, Haley Lydell only ended up with four points. So some of your players you look for for scoring production that didn't necessarily step up in this game. I think when you go on the road against Fordham, who's actually sitting second in the A-10 right now, definitely a really big matchup for UMass. Going to be a tough game. They need to get off to a scoring start early on, and it needs to come from a, multi a multitude of players. Yeah, I mean, we can we know they can go through those those bursts. We've seen that in the third uh, the third quarter of all these games. They have those bursts of energy like... They, we know they can put up a really 
you know, high amount of points in one quarter. It's just a matter of, you know, like you said, being consistent or even just spacing out the points a little bit better for the team. You know, we, we see them in warm-ups all the time. They're, they're getting hyped in the layup lanes. They're, you know, the music is going. It seems like the energy's there, but then, you know, as soon as the tip, you know, things sort of slow down a little bit. Yeah, I think, I think if this team starts to, you know, maybe just play exactly like they play in the second half of games or maybe space out that energy, they should have absolutely no problem. This is a team that's very capable of, you know, playing 40 minutes of basketball. It's just a matter of, all right, let's let's space out our efforts so that we're not trying to do too much at the end and trying to make up for maybe some some shooting woes at the you know at the beginning of the game. Yeah, and I think when we see those those outbursts of scoring and those momentum pushes where Brehampton Bay's fist pump into the bench after an N one, that's when the team really gets going <laughs> the most. Yeah. And it's a team with so much personality, like we talk about in Destiny Philoxy. She's one of the players who's usually dancing before the game. <laughs> um, so I think that a little bit of that personality maybe needs to come out with this team. They need yeah. to just play their style of basketball and go out and know that and be confident enough that they are a team that can compete with anybody in the state 10 they've proved that this year on the road against a team like davidson so i think they really need to just come into their own and start playing their own style of basketball yeah no i totally agree it's it's a team of it's a team of characters and you you should be able to utilize that you should be able to use that to your advantage you know we always see not only are they you know getting hyped after big baskets but you know their teammates hype them up and then in turn the player who made the big shot sort of energizes the bench and then you know it's sort of a mutual relationship that this team has and you know we've seen that whether through destiny philoxy or even jessica george who you know a lot of the time i feel like she's sort of the catalyst where she comes up with a huge basket in in a moment where the team needs it and you know i think the captains especially jess have done a great job of you know, providing that spark this season for the Minute Women. I guess if if we want to transition a little bit onto captains here, I was going to say I think Haley's done a great job of being sort of maybe more of the consistent, just day in day out. You'll know she'll get the points, and then Jessica George sort of sneakily comes in and gets the points where you need it. I don't yeah. know what's your take on uh, that. I think yeah, I think Haley. We've seen a few times she's come out in the, the first half of some games and struggled, but she's continued to shoot the ball and not not let it uh, phase her. And then in the second half, she's come into her own and made some made something out of a, a bad first half. But I mean, that's not necessarily in this last game. She struggled shooting the ball a little bit. But as we've talked about too with Haley, she can get it done in other ways. But yep. I think it's important to note too we're up here doing the show right in the uh, lounge we can oversee the practice court and Haley's out here early in the morning after a tough loss putting up shots she's got the machine going and she's working around the uh the perimeter putting up shots so that's kind of what you like to see out of a captain uh that that work ethic um but I think yeah for Haley I think it's it'd be nice to see her get off to a good start in the first half of one of these games and really get herself going early and build it into that needs addressing they're going to address it they're going to you know handle it head on 
and you know we we see that with her with her work ethic we know she's we've talked to coach uh verdi he always says that you know she's last one out of the gym she's first one of the shoot around so it's you know it's it's exactly what you want out of your captains i think the leadership's in the right place it's just a matter of really just putting it into game efforts i guess so here's a question for you i mean we talk Earlier on in the show, Coach Verdi unable to be with us today uh, for a good reason. He's out doing some recruiting for next season. Right. Uh, if I could ask you, Ryan, maybe what would you see if there is something for the recruiting team to do? What do you think they need to bring in for next year's team? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, I just think maybe a little bit of height. I mean, I I love that this team is so guard oriented, and you know, it, it's really their identity. And I don't think you have to change that necessarily, but. Definitely maybe adding one more sort of big down low. I mean, right now we know it's pretty much just a nil, Soisil and uh, Jess Nelson. But, you know, I, I would have no problem with maybe just adding like one or two more bigs on this team that are able to balance out the roster a little bit. I mean, it's definitely, I love that they run four guards. Um, it's a quick team. They're able to utilize that very much to their advantage. And because of that, they're one of the better shooting teams in the A-10. Um, but definitely like... Anil and Jess have just done such a great job this season uh, carrying the brunt of the work, and I think it would be nice for them to, you know, have somebody else come on come on the squad to maybe add a little depth to the roster and, you know, give them a little bit of, uh, you know, give them a little bit of company. Yeah, for me, I mean, if I could touch on it a little bit, I think it's it's been interesting to see. I talked to Coach Reddy last season, and I remember asking him a question, and he kind of went into a little bit of what he sees for the future of this program and how a lot of basketball has changed into positionless lineups that we've seen even this season with mm-hmm. Haley Liddell playing like that stretch four position where she can step out to the three-point line and knock down some big shots, but can still get down in the paint and bang for rebounds. So I think uh, it'd be interesting to see, even like we talk about Asia McCoy is kind of that stretch four player right. who can stretch the floor, get down there fast. Maybe some bigger players who are a little lighter on their feet who can stretch the floor and can even shoot from the perimeter. I think those are the most deadly players in the game that you can have on your team to space out the floor, especially on a team like this where there's so many guards. They can do perimeter scoring, but they also need space to get into the lane, Brehampton Bay, to drive to the rim players like that so i think uh there's plenty of ways they can go with this team i think it's coach verdi's done a great job obviously recruiting in these past few years so it's it's definitely exciting to see what he might do in the upcoming season but uh regardless that's actually gonna do it for time here today we uh, appreciate you tuning into the show we want to thank coach mike leffler for coming on in the first half of the show uh like we said coach verdi out doing some recruiting so no worries for him not being here today uh but we look forward for the umass team they're going down to the Bronx, New York, to play Fordham on Wednesday. So look out for that. Uh, they got their last three games of the season. So, yeah, they're going to try to close things out strong. But for uh, Cam Seibert and Ryan Beaton here for WMUA Sports, we thank you for tuning in to the UMass Women's Basketball Show. We'll be back here next Friday. Be sure to tune in with us then. Thank you a lot, and uh, have a good day. This is UMass Athletics.